55 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Hump day, is it? A local kid, born and raised right here in the Magnolia State, has been called up to the show. The big time. The big time. A local kid is now big time. About to make his Major League Baseball debut for your and my Atlanta Braves. Chop! Chop! <laughs> Come on with it. <laughs> That's right. Austin Riley. Austin Riley out of DeSoto Central High School. And they didn't he go to DeSoto Central? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. You know, and Austin Riley was going he he's like a lot of those base uh, basketball players over the years. He was going to be a Mississippi State Bulldog until the Hotland Braves came calling with a first round pick, right? Wasn't he taken in the first round or a high second round? I think he was taken in the first round. And so he took the money, ran. He's played a little bit for the Mississippi Braves. Went up to AAA recently and just started lighting everybody up. He's this big, strong, power-hitting third baseman, you know, and outfielder. And so what happened is Ender Enciarte, the normally the starting center fielder for the Atlanta Braves, and and they're they're all world talent. Ronald Acuna Jr. is playing in left field. Well, Enciarte is hurt. A little older, hurt. Not great either. Not not been playing great. And so that opened the door, and here comes Austin Riley, a few years removed from high school baseball in the state of Mississippi, is about to make his Atlanta Braves debut. The Braves are tied with the Mets three and a half games back of the Phillies in that uh, National League East. So that ain't great. I mean, the Mets are 20-20, and 20, Braves are 21-21. Phillies are three and a half game lead. But it is what it is. Um, in that division. So, anyway, pretty cool. Saw that news this morning. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, people you know face-to-face from right here in the community. Kind of like Austin Riley. People from right here at home. And that's who you get to deal with with at uh, Farm Bureau. It's worth a lot. Here every day on the show, I get to deal with Roger. Roger, are you there? Y'all in there? Yes, sir. Hey, man. I'm in there. It was a close call, though. Was, you might have been able to tell. I could tell it was a close call. But that's okay. Man, I, it didn't matter. I got really caught up. I was reading on how to block 
spam calls on an iPhone. I think I've made some progress. I have gotten a bunch of those the last two days. Have you been getting those also? Yeah, you go into your settings under messages, and you can. But it's the uh, filter for, you know, unknown numbers is off by default. Now that'll that'll affect uh-huh. the iMessage stuff and put them. So okay. I try that. And I went to the. You can also list it in the National Do yeah. Not Call. Yeah. And then when they call you, you can complain. Okay. Not that anything will happen, but you'll feel better. <laughs> you still get to complain. I'm, about this is a public service brought to you by the Zone. By the Zone. By the good right. people. Yeah. Look. I, um, the Pear Orchard Boys. <laughs> and the Pear Orchard Studios built by Bo Bounds and the Out of Bounds Show. Yeah, if you don't believe it, just ask. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yesterday I was, I was actually visiting with some of the local Farm Bureau agents here in my hometown of Tupelo. I was visiting with Drew Watkins and Dennis Buse, former athletes. Drew was a great high school uh, baseball soccer golf player he's a he's a big guy and dennis buse here in tupelo's former basketball star he was a basketball player at mississippi state on those timmy bauer shane powers teams he was a walk-on but he got to play great athlete anyway i'm standing there talking to them in the farm bureau office yesterday afternoon and my phone rang about four times one time was my mother but the other three times no idea who it was. It was like a number from Tuscaloosa. They didn't leave a message. And then it was like a number from Amory. I answered it, and the voice on the other end goes, uh, can I speak to the head of the household, please? And I went, click. <laughs> I mean, come on. Who's going to talk to you? You don't think that was Saban trying to call you up, do you? Let them call. And, and if they and say, Tuscaloosa. can I speak to the head of household, the next thing they will hear is, eh. Dial tone. <laughs> I got, I got one from somebody with you know. It's always a clue when the English is just not quite right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Also, the Social Security Administration does not call people. That's right. Um. You. you good luck if you try to call them. Also. Right. Uh, so yeah. And then I was in a bad mood, did. and I felt bad yeah. because then I got a call from, a few hours later, I got a call from, uh, where was it? I want to say it was like maybe Texas. I answered it. A nice guy goes, hey, I'm trying to uh, – yeah, hey, I'm calling for Matt Wyatt. Is this him? And I went, who is this? <laughs> I was kind of rude. And he goes, well, this is so-and-so from Enterprise Rent-A-Car. I'm doing a follow-up survey. Is, are you he? And I went, click. And then I thought, gum, he's just doing a survey. I did rent a car recently. I should have, this is his job. I should have talked to the guy, but – he probably is used to getting hung up on. Hey, so speaking of that, the Divini Equipment phone, in just a second, Roger, we're going to have Charlie Winfield on. Charlie uh, calls a lot of the Mississippi State baseball games, including called the one last night on the SEC Plus, their win over Louisiana Tech. We're just going to talk baseball with Charlie coming up. But first, Mountain Dog is here on the Divini phone. What's up, Mountain Dog? Hey, brother. <clears throat> just wanted to uh... – say that, you know, when somebody calls and asks for the head of my household, I hand my, the phone to my wife. <laughs> I know, yeah. Well, and she wasn't there. I should have done that. But I don't know what's worse, uh, having to talk to him myself or having to deal with her if I surprise her with a call from a telemarketer, you know? <laughs> I'm just conditioned that when somebody says head of household, I grab my wife. Because <laughs> that's the head of the household. Because we know who it is. That's exactly right. 
Hey, brother, a uh, couple of things. I'm, I'm afraid your your Braves aren't going to catch my Phillies. No, year. they're probably not. Uh, the Phillies are, are stacked. But, you know, um, it it's not going to keep me from, you know, chopping, I promise you. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, and I have a real quick Philly story that's really funny. When John Cruck was playing first base for the Phillies, yeah. he was taking batting practice in spring training. And he got done, he walked over to the fence and lit up a cigarette. <laughs> and a lady was standing there with her son, and she got all upset. Said, let's get out of here. We're not going to watch an athlete smoke on the field. And John Cook turned around to her and said, ma'am, I'm not an athlete. I'm a baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, John Crook. That's it. I loved. I always loved John Crook's hitting philosophy. He said, "Swing hard in case you hit it." Uh, that's a that's a good hitting philosophy, and it's pretty good in life too. Swing hard in case you make contact. Appreciate it, Mountain Dog. Thank you. And you know when they play, when they played it when they played at the vet, Lenny Dykstra would uh, cheap out in the outfield, and they'd have to go out there and clean up all that astroturf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I Take care, man. All right, you too. You too. Thanks for the call, Mountain Dog. Yeah, I, don't, I can't picture Lenny Dykstra without picturing him with a mouth completely full of chewing tobacco. When I say full, I'm talking both cheeks. All right, on the Divinity phone, Divinity Equipment, Madison Ann and Jackson, your Kubota dealer. The oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. They've been doing it better longer than anybody else. Right there at Divinity, right here at home. In Madison and in Jackson. Divinity Phone has Charlie Winfield. Charlie was on the call last night on the SEC Plus with Bart Gregory for Mississippi State's midweek game. Charlie, we got a baseball theme. I was talking about Austin Riley got called up to the Braves. Did you see that? I saw that he was going to be coming up, I, I guess, maybe tomorrow would be his debut. Is that right? Yeah, that's about right. Or- and he was – he's. did he ever sign with State or he was just going to and then he got drafted? You know, I think that he actually signed. I could be corrected on that, but I, I, he was certainly one who was headed here. Uh, yeah. But for the dreaded MLB draft. <laughs> well, you know, here he is about to go play at SunTrust. He may have made the right decision. I don't know. Who am I to, <laughs> who am I to you know, to criticize? Hey, uh, so last night State gets a win 7-3 to three over Louisiana Tech in the midweek. Uh, Marshall Gilbert, the nine-hole hitter, is hot as a firecracker, and all this kind of. We can go into all that, but just Charlie, help me, help us, kind of put into perspective how rare, how special it is for a team to go through the entire year and not lose a single midweek ball game. You know, I was thinking back to that this morning, as a matter of fact, and you go back to some of those teams that, in my mind, are those legendary teams, those '85 through late '80s teams. 90 team where you just felt like they couldn't be beat by anybody and I I remember I was about 12 13 years old in Mississippi State I'm thinking Will Clark Palmero Brantley this team can't lose a game period and then they go over and and lose a game to you know like to Delta State Mm -hmm. you know and I was like how on earth did this happen and the thing you remember is and the lesson I learned at that young age is the baseball baseball is a game that can be very different on a Wednesday or a Tuesday than it is on a weekend, all depending on what that other team is going to put on the mound. Because you go and you see some of these smaller teams, some of these, quote, midweek teams, mm-hmm. and what they've all got usually is one or two guys who can really get it up there. Mm-hmm. Mississippi State's seen a number of those. Saw Graham Ashcraft from UAB this year. Saw a really good East Carolina team come in. They're like number four in RPI. 
how it's beyond belief to me. Yeah. I would have never given this team any chance to, or, or much of any team for that matter, to go through the midweek undefeated just because a lot of times you're going to see those guys, they want that big win, and they're going to throw what they've got at you. Yeah, and, and how much more, Charlie, is it even beyond that impressive when you realize, okay, they're undefeated in the midweek, but in a bunch of these midweek games, they've been behind four to nothing, seven to nothing well, in Memphis. Or nine, yeah, I was going to say. At one point, in Memphis gets seven to nothing, and then you come back, and Memphis goes up again. And it seemed like that was a theme for a while there, just to fall behind four to nothing. You know, you, you talk about these midweek games and what, what's the purpose of them. Well, you want to get some guys' time, but the other thing you want to do is kind of start to build some confidence for your team as you head down the stretch. And I think that's probably an underrated factor in Mississippi State's success this year is the experience of being behind, playing from behind, overcoming that adversity, and still winning. And I look back to this weekend against Ole Miss, you saw Mississippi State fall behind a couple of times, and eh, no big deal, we've been there before. Mm. And so I think that's probably one of the things that's really helped them in a strange way. Charlie Winfield's on your radio. You hear Charlie all over the place. He's on the radio call for Mississippi State women's basketball. Um, he's on television call sometimes for basketball, but also baseball. He was on there last night on the SEC Plus for the midweek. He, uh, he'll be on the call this weekend, a bunch of the games against South Carolina with Bart. Charlie, um, been a lot of guys who've emerged. You know, I think about Skelton at the plate and behind the plate, but at the plate and what Marshall Gilbert's doing here with the bat. But Lee Belt, Jared Lee Belt, who has turned into this just kind of like out of nowhere shutdown closer. Um, how, how good has he been in your estimation? You know, it's interesting. I was looking at this last night. Lee Belt last year, and I'll get this a little bit wrong, but pitched roughly 11, 12 innings, had an ERA of over 13. Mm-hmm. And now this season he comes in, he's giving you 41 innings, You know, by far the most out of the bullpen uh, for Mississippi State. An ERA of under two and a half, I think 2.4. And the thing he hasn't done is he hasn't walked guys. And that was what was so interesting to me. I remember visiting with Mississippi State's pitching coach, Scott Foxhall, right as the season was beginning. And I said, okay, so if you got to go to the pen, you got to have somebody come in and close it down. You got to have somebody come in and get you out of a jam. Who are you going to? And he said, oh, it's easy. We're going to Lee Belt. I was like, no, 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 no. You misunderstood my question. <laughs> and, he, and he says, he says, no, he's a strike thrower. And I'm wondering if this guy's seen the same team play that I have. And he said, no, look, he said, here's what happens. A lot of guys come in, and it's a new experience when you stand on the mound. It's really cool to say I played in front of 10,000 people. It's another thing to have to do it. And he said, I'm telling you, you're going to see a different guy this year. You aren't going to recognize him. And I haven't. He has been lights out, and you saw him throwing last night. He had just run on his fastball. It, it was unhittable, yeah, just absolutely unhittable. And that's been the real thing for Mississippi State, to me, that's made the difference is knowing. You, you go back and you look at, like, 2013, you had Ross Mitchell and you had Chad Gerardo and these guys out of the bullpen where you felt, all right, we can hand it to them and we can go a while. We've seen Lee Belt pitch well out of the pen. As much as people were upset about the fog issue on Friday, forcing Lee Belt to come in in the sixth instead of maybe later, you have to like the fact that he gave you four good innings in that ball game, and now all of a sudden you feel like you could stretch him out if you have to 
he to me he has been one of the real stories of of the success this team has had. Yeah, and Charlie, um, that's what I was going to say. You know, you go back, you talk to the coaching staff in the preseason, and so so apparently with Lee Belt, there was this indication of they thought they would see this. Obviously, they put him in that role, and I wonder too. What do you think about this? The the idea that for some players, a change of scenery f- from a coaching staff perspective. You know, you have a whole new staff in, a new pitching coach. He's going to be a senior, and some guys are like, okay, hey, this opens the door. And it just kind of changes the backdrop that they have to look at every day, you know? And probably in life in general as well. I was reading an article the other day, and they talked about working in a factory, and they came in and they changed the lighting completely, mm-hmm. and production went up 20%. Wow. And they came back uh, a year later, and they changed the lighting back to the way it was, and production went up again. <laughs> and so the idea was that just as human beings, sometimes change is good for us. It's good to to hear a different voice. It's good to see something different. And, you know, too, I think if you go back and look at last year, it was, I think, one of the things probably underrated about last year's team is the job that they did playing in a strange circumstance where they were dressing across the street, where you're playing in a construction zone. I think it's amazing how well it went when you consider all the things that just kind of kept you out of a routine. And I feel like this Mississippi State team is probably benefiting some this year just from knowing where they're going to get dressed, knowing where they're going to take the field and having a little more a little more pattern and a little more normalcy. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And you know what else I noticed, too, is um, your broadcast partner, our broadcast partner, Bart Gregory, he seems happier, too. In that bigger room in the press box, you know, more elbow. He just seems like a happier guy. Hey, big egos demand big space. <laughs> I'm, I can't wait to send him this clip, Charlie. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. It's good to talk to you, um, and we'll look forward to watching and listening uh, this weekend. Thank you. Sounds good. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. That's Charlie Winfield. You saw him last night on the call with Bart Gregory on SEC Plus for that midweek game, and I I think every game this weekend is on SEC Plus. If you want to tune in, of course, you can listen right here on the radio to the great Jim Ellis and his call the state game. He'll play South Carolina – Three games at every SEC series this weekend is Thursday, Friday, Saturday because the following week is conference tournament. And I think I think it's 6.30, 6.30, and then 1 o'clock. So 6.30 Thursday, 6.30 Friday, and then 1 o'clock on Saturday, weather permitting. And, you know, we'll let you know if that were to change. But I think that's what you're looking at. And I'll be in there for one of those. And Charlie's going to be in there a bunch this weekend with, uh, with Bart. Now, um, Jay – in Baltimore, Maryland. He's from Clinton, Mississippi, but he's in Baltimore today and he's listening online. Jay texts the show at 885-ESPN. He said, um, Matt, you have to feel great about the dogs heading into the postseason, but what is your greatest concern? One, is it the bats not showing up like in the LSU and Arkansas series? Two, is it the defense making critical errors in a tight game? Three, starters being knocked out early, putting too much stress on a good but not deep bullpen. And he said, Jay in Baltimore, by way of Clinton, Mississippi, parentheses, go dogs and the arrows. (laughs) Every time I see the arrows, 
in my head, I picture Bobby Hall, the former Madison Central uh, coach, saying, the arrows. Remember how Coach Hall would say the arrows? Always good to play the arrows. The arrows. I think he would put the ex- extra emphasis on the arrows on purpose. <laughs> that whole rivalry thing. What was that other expression he's known for? Uh, oh, gosh. Bump I don't and giggle? Know. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He had several of them. Um, no, I, I would have to say, Jay, that if, if you're a state fan and you have a concern going ahead in the postseason, it's going to be probably, you know, at one point is that one-run game going to hurt you when you make that error in the middle infield or a ball gets away or you can't, you know, throw that guy out or something. I, you know, you've kicked it around a little bit on defense. I think at this point in the year, you're 40-something and 10, Okay. And all year long, they've, they've won every midweek game, incredibly rare. Only 10 losses all year going into this final weekend. And four of the 10 losses were by one run. Three of the four one-run losses were to ranked teams, and the other one was to Southern Miss. So the fact that the bats didn't show up against LSU and Arkansas I don't think is indicative. That's the outlier. So it's really not something to worry about. Could it happen? Sure, but... Shouldn't be a worry, I don't think, going into uh, into postseason play. You do have some news, though, on that team that came out of last night. We'll discuss that and other things as well. And it did not go well on the road last night in the midweek for Ole Miss. Get you updated on all that stuff. Tell you how to call me on the Divinity phone. That's coming up here in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. I'm here. And you're here, and that's really all that matters. I'm Madam in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team, there was breaking news. Uh, is it breaking? There's news. Uh, out of Mississippi State's baseball team. They show up last night for the midweek game against Louisiana Tech. And um, their normal starting right fielder, Elijah McNamee, great player. You know, he was a a huge, huge piece of their postseason run last year. In fact, I mean, you could argue, I think very justifiably, that he was the reason they went on a big postseason run because he got hot at the plate when they absolutely had to have it with their backs against the wall in the regional down in Tallahassee, Florida. Had the walk-off home run, you know, in that game after a rain delay. And then the big hits at Vanderbilt. He was just – and he earned the nickname Big Hit Mac and, and gave his whole team some confidence. They were kind of miraculous last year because of him. Anyway, stress fracture in his foot. Been playing on it for a while, in and out, you know, trying to play through it, but really kind of banged it up good. On, during a base running issue in that Ole Miss series, I guess the last game, 
uh, on Sunday in Oxford. And so he had to leave that game, and he was limping pretty bad. So he had to have some surgery on it, I guess put a pin in there, and he was in a cast and crutches and everything last night at the ballpark. So the soonest that he would get back would be maybe for the regional, which is kind of what they hope, but we'll see, you know, that sort of thing. Meanwhile, they got to find out who the next right fielder is, and um, it could be anybody. They've played Brad Cumbus, the freshman who's also a football player out there, big-time talent. They've played Josh Hatcher, had a diving catch against Ole Miss this past weekend. They may even put the former infielder, turned kind of DH, who's been swinging a hot bat lately, um, Gunnar Halter, good enough athlete. Maybe they could put him out there. He could get it done, but they got a couple of weeks to try guys out and see what works before they run into somebody and when it really gets serious in regional play, which will be hosted there in uh, Starkville at Duty Noble Field. So one of the things to come out of that. Last night in the midweek, it did not go well for Ole Miss. In fact, it's just rough because they're sitting there with a 5 to nothing lead at Arkansas State on the road going into the bottom of the eighth inning. Late in the game, you're on the road. It's midweek. Ole Miss up 5 nothing, Controlling the game. And Arkansas State put two runs on the board in the eighth. Bottom of the eighth. It was 5-2 to two going into the bottom of the ninth. And Arkansas State scored four runs in the bottom of the ninth and walked it off to beat Ole Miss. Come from behind six runs in the last two innings. A really just rough way to, to lose it if you're Ole Miss. And again, their bullpen kind of let them down. Uh, Caracy came in there to pitch that bottom of the ninth, got hit all over the ballpark. It was a single, a walk-off single uh, for Arkansas State beat them. And so the talk coming out of that is that it has pretty much closed the door on Ole Miss's hopes of hosting in the postseason there in their stadium. Now, you know, you know the season, it's a long season, and just because you know this recency thing, a lot of times in the conversation about what games were the most important, uh, I mean, the games at the beginning of the year, in terms of the RPI, they equal the same as if you played them at the end of the year. It's just that coming into what has been the past week for Ole Miss, they were maybe not squarely in there, but... If they just played well, they didn't have to win everything, but if they just played well and won something, they could keep themselves in the position to to track down a host site and be a regional host in Oxford. But then they got swept at home by State and just lost in the midweek to Arkansas State. Now it's on the road to Tennessee. You know, So even if they sweep Tennessee this weekend, I don't know if their RPI climbs enough to get them in the range of being able to host. I think that's pretty much over. And then, again, the – Talking heads out there in college baseball are kind of saying the same thing also. Now, again, every year teams show you that you don't have to host and you don't have to be a number one seed to make it to Omaha or to make it to a super regional. Last year's Mississippi State team. Just go get hot in the postseason, right? Uh, So you don't have to be at home. But it certainly is a, a big part of the goal, and they've kind of squandered that here over the last week.
Uh, ran into a buzzsaw Mississippi State team who's hot as a firecracker and is a really just a great team. State is. They're a great team. Now, whether or not State's going to be remembered in terms of greatness, it all comes down to what they do in the postseason. They'll have to make a run in Omaha, right, to be remembered in terms of greatness. That's just the way it is. But there's no question this is a great team. State has the best non-conference record in the country, 25-1. and 10-0 in midweek games. That one loss in the non-conference would have been Southern Miss on a Friday night, one to nothing. And a lot of those midweek wins, they've come from behind to win them. Baseball America has regional projections out there. What is that? Oh, it's easy. What it is is... They're just predicting what the postseason is going to look like. And it's fun for us. It's fodder. It gets a lot of clicks. Um, Things will ebb and flow between now and um, the next couple of weeks when the the actual postseason assignments and regionals are set. But this is what Baseball America says they think will happen at this point with with all the information they have. They have the number one national seed is Vanderbilt. Number two is UCLA. Number three is Arkansas and Fayetteville. And the number four national seed would be Mississippi State and Starkville, according to this. Here's some interesting things about it. They project in the Starkville Regional, State the host, fourth national seed, hosting two-seed Florida State, well, those two programs are familiar with each other. They always meet up in the postseason. State was down there last year. They have the three seed is Texas State and the four seed is Jacksonville State. Conference tournaments can change all this. And they actually match up the Starkville Regional across from the Corvallis, Oregon Regional. Yep. Defending national champion, Oregon State, hosting Texas A&M, Fresno State, and Bryant. And so if State if state hosts a regional as a national seed and win it, they host whoever comes out of the other one. So this one would project something like Oregon State or Texas A&M going to Starkville. It's pretty interesting. Another interesting one, as I told you, you know, they have UCLA, who's been number one in the rankings all year, as the number two national seed. And they have LSU and Baton Rouge hosting a regional opposite UCLA. Pretty interesting there also, I think. As far as for Ole Miss, the projection at Baseball America sends Ole Miss to East Carolina as the two seed. How about that? So you'd have the former Mike Bianco assistant, Cliff Godwin, who's now at his alma mater as the head coach at East Carolina, as the number six national seed hosting Ole Miss as a two seed. So that'd be... uh, Interesting. They have that one matched up opposite of Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Georgia is a national seed, according to these projections, hosting Michigan, Clemson, and North Carolina A&T. Yep. And Texas Tech, the number eight national seed. Anyway, those are projections. That's where it is. Send me a text. We'll talk about it next. And then you can call me on the Divinity phone anytime at 995-1059. Got it? 995-1059. Stick around. 
You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. People went crazy the other day, Roger, when we played the fight songs. Well, you liked it too, didn't you? I did. I like, I like the, you know, I said how good the uh, the Florida one was because I never really paid attention to it. And then And then, of course... The ones we didn't we, right here at home, yeah, one of the best in the country, right, right. Somebody had to remind us about the Sonic. I, I consider them a whole different thing. I mean, they're it's like they like are cut some, above, you know. That's exactly right. It's like it's an extra level of entertainment with them. It's you know the physicality in their whole routine. You know what I'm saying? Like the way they march, the dancing, everything. Told you before, like the Sonic Boom is just louder, and I like it. It's a whole different kind of show. Right, you know, is uh, it band folks consider it uh, to be a a sport almost, mm-hmm. especially the ones having to carry those big drums and move oh, them heck around. Yeah, it's it's you physical. Know, you talked about how loud, and 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 we had a caller that said that they were right next to him, and the, when they yeah when they played, and they didn't know how long how long they were going to be able to hear. Right, I I was at a, a remote broadcast at Jackson State, and I was in a. The station vehicle was a Cadillac Escalade, so you know that it's very soundproof. Yeah. Right. Uh, I they came marching by. Uh-huh. I thought I, I about ran me out of that thing. <laughs> and, like, and, and beside that, when they march by, it takes a while because it's a big. Oh band. yeah. <clears throat> and yeah. they're loud from the front to the end, from the rooter to the tutor, as they say. <laughs> they are now. It's just different. It's like. The volume, I like it, though, myself. Oh, yeah. I'm into it. <laughs> From a distance. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's like I don't, a fire. Don't get too close. Yeah, I don't know. That's just it. I don't know that you would want to necessarily be, like, right up, right up on them. It's a whole different kind of laugh. There we go. And, and they were right. The game at State several years ago, they played the whole game. Roger, it's one of the few times that I've seen State fans, not one of them went to the concession stand at halftime. They all stayed really? in their seat. Yeah, to see the halftime show. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Yeah, it's a whole different deal. Like, I'd go just heard, to see it. I've heard that, that there's a, an exodus after halftime at the – Jackson State home games. <laughs> I can believe that. This is the Georgia one. It, it's like, it's not really their song. I mean, that's all it is. Pretty much glory, glory, hallelujah. Brooks. Sounded like working on the uh, working on the railroad. I've been working on the railroad. A little feisty version of it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, On the text line eight eight five ESPN Brooks in um, 
Lafayette says, Arkansas is one of the best fight songs to me, but I'm biased. The junior college that he went to, Jones County Junior College, uses it too. Hey, Brooks, help me out with this now. Jones County Junior College, that's it. They are always JCJC to me. Jones County Junior College. But the deal is, everybody else in the uh, MACJC, the Association of Community and Junior Colleges in this state, went to the, the moniker Community College. Instead of Junior, went to Community little more positive, I guess, connotation. And so, like, it's Northeast Mississippi Community College. It's Northwest Mississippi Community College. Holmes Community College, you know, Hines Community College. But but Jones wanted to remain because they had the J.C. thing going. Jones County Junior College went J.C.J.C. But somebody told me recently they changed it and that they're no longer J.C.J.C. They're something else. I'd like to know what it is. And you're an alum, so hook me up. Let me know. The mailman in Jackson says, do you think Jackson State offers insurance for the hearing of their band members? <laughs> How about that? I, didn't, I never thought of that. It's loud, man. Can you, you play? Say Arkansas was, was the guy that yeah, that's when he liked. He likes Arkansas. <laughs> Oh, it's great. It's great. I'm dipping into Jake's Saturday tailgate. There you go. Library. It's a great band and a great song. And I tell you what, Arkansas, Roger, has this mascot, obviously the Razorback Hog. Oh, they're singing. Turn that up. All this stuff about fighting in fight songs, and if you actually fight, they penalize you. Think about that. Hey, but Arkansas's fight song great. Their band is great. But I was telling you, they have this mascot, obviously the Razorback Hog, but they have an inflatable hog, Roger. So it's like an animated type thing, but it's got air in it. So they got somebody in a suit, and it's huge. It's like eight, nine feet tall. It is guy in a hog suit running around out there. It's inflatable suit, so it's full of air. <laughs> so all the the thing is hilarious. Yeah, you sounds, know, it's like sounds here, like it's quite warm inside. Here it's like here comes the band, and here out comes this big inflatable hog, and he's like lumbering out through there, and his head's going back and forth. I love that thing. You going hog wild? I'm telling you, I have always, always, always wanted to, but never been able to do it and that is be a mascot at a game you know how much fun that would be you're totally anonymous nobody really knows who you are inside the suit and you can do all kinds of stuff pour popcorn on people play jokes on them you know i think about the san diego chicken think about how fun that would be yeah i mean that that guy was good the the one that kind of made that one famous anyway yeah so, Brooks says that JCJC just changed to Jones College. Oh, so they're still JC. They're still they're JC, but they're not Jones County. They're not Junior College. They took the C and a J, the county and the junior out, and just went with Jones College. 
I guess they get written up by the Department of Redundancy Department. <laughs> maybe, maybe so. They're just JC now, Jones College. But they're, they're unusual in that way in terms of the, the community college system in Mississippi. Are they trying to, Brooks, are they trying to build there in Laurel and become like a small college and move out of the junior college, the two-year school, and become a four-year school? Are they trying to do that eventually? Is that what they're setting up for at Jones? Trying to get in that, in that good student loan money business. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Doggone on the text line at 885-ESPN says, could you play Bianco's postgame interview following the meltdown at Arkansas State? I heard it was epic. Um, no, I don't have it. I will tell you this. Um, we are really fortunate in the state of Mississippi in terms of the teams that we cover because both state and Ole Miss and Southern Miss, for that matter, they do a great job of working with you when you need highlights, when you need audio, when you need a, but they also send it out kind of on their own. Um, I have access to a database. I can go and get any highlight of any sporting event. They, the, the, the rights holder in the school kind of decide what the highlights are, but like at state, I can go in there on that database that I have access to and pull anything out. I want any sport, basically Um, state does a phenomenal job with content that they put on YouTube after games, highlight videos, interviews, and you can pull and use all that stuff you want. Ole Miss does a really nice job, too, and I'm on an email uh, list where I get highlights of all the baseball games sent down. and But it comes, again, from the media rights holder, which is Learfield IMG. You'll hear that a lot when you listen to broadcast. And what they sent from that game last night was four highlights from the game, but they were plays. Sometimes they'll send a post-game interview or something, but this time not. It was just four plays from the game. Uh, there is a final call in here on the radio broadcast, but no interview. So I don't have it uh, doggone. I would have to go back and find it. And it's one of those things I probably want to listen to it first. You know, most of this stuff, you listen to it first, make sure it's okay to pop it out there on the air for you. Uh, but I'll try to find it. Brooks, in regards to Jones College, he said he didn't believe so, but honestly he doesn't know. I don't know. You, know. you just take the county and the junior out of your name, set it up as Jones College. You're a two-year school. I just wonder. Because, you know, right there where they are in – they're not in Laurel. We're at Ellisville. Technically, the address for Jones College now is in Ellisville. It is, you know, not far from Hattiesburg. So you got Southern Miss there. you got William & Carey there. I mean, I don't know that there's room for another four-year school around there, but certainly taking the county and the junior out of your name and just being Jones College gives you some different opportunities from a marketing standpoint, I think. Not sure anybody cares what I think, though, on that kind of stuff. All right, um, hour two is coming up. Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated is going to be by. He went and embedded himself in the football program at Ole Miss here the last week or so and wrote about it. And we're going to talk with Ross and see what he found out. Coming up here on the show in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.